summoned the Scream Writers Podcast, the premier podcast welcoming both veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters slaying their craft. <laughs> and now your hosts, Ariel Relaford and Patrick Mediate. Welcome to our grand finale of the Scream Writers Podcast. I am Patrick Mediate, New York in June on Twitter, and I'm joined as I am every week by the unforgettable Ariel Relaford. Hey, Ariel, what are you, what are you feeling right now? Last Hello. episode of the season. Oh, my God. Uh, really sad. Don't be sad. I mean, it's I'm, I'm a, it's it's like bittersweet for me to tell you the honest truth because like you know I know we'll be back and I know that we'll be doing some surprise things in between this season and the next and I know we're gonna stay active on social and we're gonna like be pushing all of our fun episodes from the first season in anticipation of the second season. But like it, it is it is bittersweet. Um, oh, and I don't want to forget to give your Twitter handle a shout out, which is super difficult to to learn um, at Ariel Relaford, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So so hit up Ariel um, in between just like, you know, um, what do they call it? Like uh, spam Ariel, like, hey, Ariel, hey, Ariel, hey, Ariel, hey, just keep tweeting at Ariel. And eventually she will get back to you because oh. she's a really busy person. Definitely do not do that. No. Um, <laughs> you don't listen to anything I say. Haven't you learned anything this season? Just just be, be cool be cool and ariel will answer you back no she's super nice um we're both super approachable on twitter i think right i mean like yeah. we're not too cool for school anymore just because we have you know listeners in uh denmark or wherever the heck we we're in like 15 countries now with screenwriters mm -hmm. it's wild it's, yeah it's super wild and like the second to the united states that we have a fan base is great britain the uk oh wow yeah, I kind of attribute that to our episode uh, with with Alan uh, for, from the Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, yeah. Remember? That'll do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that totally gave us that like UK boost. So our folks out in Britain across the pond. Cheers. Glad to have you listening to the show. And we have some very, very, very special uh, guests on today for our season finale. We're going to do something a little more unconventional. We're like live-ish today. Um, we have an alumni guest on the show, Miss Jessica Kane. Hello, Jessica. Hi, how are you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we're fabulous, fabulous. And we're so excited to have you back here to, uh, to chat with us. We're doing a little unconventional format, which we'll get to in just a second. And we also have a brand spanking new guest on the show today, Miss Sabina Graves. Hello, Miss Sabina. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to be joining y'all. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And you have like the perfect last name for the screenwriters <laughs> <laughs> or any horror focus. Like it uh, might put me in a box, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it actually good a one. Yeah. Good one. Good one. You use um, that all the time, don't you? No, I actually just walked right into it. Oh, yeah, that is so continues. good. Wow. <laughs> we, we, lo we love the puns on this show. Like we started this thing doing like the whole Crypt Keeper kind of pun little thing with our Twitter voice. And we're totally kind of staying with that. So in the spirit in the spirit of our puns, Miss Sabina, that is hilarious. I love your like little puns on your last name. Um, but yes, yeah, Sabina Graves. Sabina, 
tell us a little bit about you because we we already know all, you know our listeners from the season and if you don't know Jessica Kane please uh, rewind go back in the season and you can listen to Miss Jessica Kane's episode I don't remember which number you were Jessica was it like number five were you episode five or six something like that I honestly I don't remember but it's 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 definitely it's back, back there. there. It's yeah. back there. Yeah. Yeah. So re- do the rewind thing. Listen to Jessica Keynes, and you can hear all about uh, Jessica. She is uh, working on some really cool stuff. She's a huge Ghostbusters fan. You were like Ooh. a major Ghostbusters fan. Oh. Yeah. So so uh, definitely check that episode out. But Sabina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what's your deal? Like, wh- what do you do in the horror writing world? Like, what's your what's your mo? I am a filmmaker, writer-director that has, uh, I've done a lot of stuff in in the horror realm. Um, I started out as a pop culture journalist for movie sites like comingsoon.net and Sci-Fi Wire, writing about all things genre and inclusion and theme parks because I'm also like a spooky haunts person. Mm. Um, So like, you know, like Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights and not scary films, that sort of jam of things. Um, and, uh, most recently I was featured as the showrunner for the something scary web series and podcast on YouTube. It's this amazing channel that was created by Sapphire Sandalo and is currently hosted by Murkia McCarty and, uh, women led YouTube channel that tells folklore from around the world. And we even like would dive into creepypastas and just awesome, just cool, campy, fun, short, animated, but hosted stories. I've been currently just doing a lot of writing for my own sort of projects, uh, working on my feature. I was a story editor on an immersive ARG last fall called The Gift which started out being like a mystery about a woman who breaks out of a mental institution and she like recruits you to be a part of her cult. And then on Halloween, we revealed that uh, her cult is about killing Santa Claus. So then it just extended into the holidays and it was just like this crazy, fun, campy story that we, we told the main character was like a combination of like Jack Skellington meets Leslie. Nope. She was kind of (laughs) wild. Um, and That's awesome. Thank nice. you. And, and just uh, currently, I am the co-host on a podcast called Halloween Never Dies, a retrospective. My co-host Pete and I have been watching all of the Halloween franchise movies, like monthly, pretty much uh, leading up to Halloween Kills. So we like timed it to so we would get there, like right when that movie drops later this year. And that's everywhere you can uh, listen to podcasts. Sweet. I love that's that. Awesome. That was, that was an yeah. awesome intro. I, I'm just like, it's, it's so great. And I am also a Halloween horror nights fan, by the way. And that's like my takeaway from everything amazing you just said, but like, I am an <laughs> amazing, I am like a freaking, I have been going for years and years and years and years and years. Um, and also not scary farm, but they, they do it right. I mean, they're they it's just incredible. Yeah. absolutely incredible so excited um, for this year and just going back to it, it it'll be amazing yeah absolutely yeah like last year was such a downer I mean it was it was literally and I feel like they did with Halloween Horror Nights what do I say like a small thing scale back thing or am I wrong that they did a little yes. bit of something last year so uh Halloween Horror Nights Orlando uh did put up four of their three or four of their mazes mm-hmm. um Two, actually, no, it's three. <laughs> three. I'm good at math. That's <laughs> um, all right. We, hey, we're writers. We don't need to know math. Yeah, like the, they had two daytime mazes of mazes they had planned 
initially, so if you were able to go to Universal Studios Orlando safely, because they didn't have a lot of really strict guidelines uh, in going over there, mm-hmm. you're able to enjoy uh, Original Maze, um, inspired by the Tooth Fairy, which actually reminded me a lot of like the Not Scary Farm mazes. But ah. I, I, I just love the, the just that, it, it, just in that they've done a Tooth Fairy maze. This was totally different. This was like an awesome uh, pop-up storybook sort of maze that they did. On Halloween weekend, they actually did a pop-up of the Beetlejuice maze that um, I think is going to be on both coasts this year. Nice. But yeah, they did uh, Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Uh, my friend Sean was actually a Beetlejuice in that maze. And um, yeah, like it was it was really cool. Um, Je- Jessica, have you ever been to any like haunted? Do you go to haunted houses and stuff like that? Um, no, you know. No, I don't think I've ever actually been to a haunted house. Really? I, I went to, uh, I know that, well, I went to one when I was like, you know, 10 years old at a local public school, uh, which was like nothing. Um, right. I, I went to, I mean, it's not a haunted house, but I went to Sleepy Hollow a couple of years ago and I did mm-hmm. the graveyard tour. Whoa. for Halloween. Yes. That was amazing. It's awesome. Uh, it's right. It's 20 minutes, Jess, 20 minutes like down the road from me in Connecticut, like in Westchester. Oh, really? Oh, it's so, it was so good. Oh my yeah. goodness, it was so good. So yeah. I really need to do, like, I don't really like theme parks, so but I would love to do like one of those because they're, I don't know, if, no, it wasn't last year. The year before they did a major Ghostbusters attraction. And they it was- They did, mm-hmm. yes, oh, it, was, my goodness. it was fantastic. It was just, uh, I was so bummed. I, I like couldn't be there, but one, maybe this year will be the year I do one. Yeah, they're, they're so much fun and so worth it. Um, and we're on like a total tangent here, but like I, I can talk about haunted attractions for forever, forever. I think that like just people who love horror and love scary things, just it, it's it's one of those things that just comes with the territory. You love haunted attractions. I know Ariel probably maybe has never been to a haunted attraction because she's really, really scared of things. So you have you been to any haunted things, Ariel? No, right? Oh, yeah. All yeah, things. but you probably oh, hate, you probably hate them. No, I've even worked in them. But I don't understand yes. that. How is that possible? I like I love that, but like, how is that possible when you're scared of everything? Because it's fun. It's just it's so fun you, being scared. So you look at it in a way that's like that's not real. You you are scared of a lot of things. I need but like, to know which you know, one, Ariel. Which one have you been in? <laughs> yeah, I need to know this too because or which one did you work in? I worked in this one in North Haven. Oh, in, in, um, uh, you mean in Connecticut? Yeah. Oh, there's like Fear Haven up here and like, um, uh, Trail of Terror. And I'm trying to think of all the ones. Connecticut is like, um, Sabina. Yeah. It's got a, like, Connecticut, first off, is like one of the most haunted states in the Union. And it's also one of the like haunted attraction hubs in the Union. There's so many great hay rides and farms and, stuff like that. I don't know exactly which one Ariel that you worked at, but like, I, I can definitely uh, understand that you worked at one. So yeah, total tangent. But so what we want to do today, uh, Sabina and Jess, is we want to, we want to gather around the campfire here and we want to tell some scary stories. And I know we spoke about this before. Um, and I know uh, each of you have a scary story prepared to tell. And um, the reason why, why we want to do this is that we went through this year, kind of um, this season, talking to a lot of guests, and we had a recurring theme speaking to everybody. And, and um, that theme was at the very heart of every screenplay and every great, you know, um, great tale of horror that you see on the screen is 
in its core, uh, a scary story. Like if you break all of that down, if you can like tell a scary story, whatever that is, you can write a screenplay. And you really can. If you have a great story and it has a beginning, a middle and an end, and it's captivating and scary, then uh, it could be turned into something. I mean, look at scary stories. Look at, you know, um, any like uh, anthology film where you, you have a scary story that's brought to life on screen. Look at like scary stories, like the book series. Those books were folklore and they were passed down word of mouth years and years and years and years. And they ended up in a book and they still held up, which is so cool. Um, so, so yeah, I, I want to like, I want to go, you know, we can start with myself. I know no, nobody wants to go first. So we can start with me. And then I want to like go to each of you and I want you all, you each to tell a scary story. Does that work for everyone? Sounds good. Sounds yeah. Good yeah. Into it. I, don't all jump up at one time. And even Ariel has a scary story, right, Ariel? Yeah. Sorry. I couldn't unmute myself. That's okay. <laughs> you're so scared. Your, your story is so scary that you couldn't unmute yourself. Okay. I'm going to go first. And, uh, and I want to, I think this is like, I want, I want to preface this by saying that, um, this is a paranormal scary story. So when I was in my 20s, I used to uh, go on paranormal investigations because I was always interested in the paranormal universe, the world of like ghosts and spirits and all of those things. So, you know, in the paranormal world, there's uh, there's like this thing called like class A evidence. And like class A evidence is like the the thing that like ghost hunters strive for. It's like the creme de la creme of like, it's either a photo of like a spirit or like something they, they call like an EVP. Are you familiar with this, Sabina? I feel like you like know a little bit about the paranormal world. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. so, so like, you know about like, <laughs> e had so paranormal run-ins. <laughs> you've had run-ins. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, there's like the EVP, which is like mm -hmm. elect electronic voice phenomenon, which is like, you can hear the voice back when you replay a recording of some type. Um, there's the photos, there's videos, there's like actually physical experiences where you're like touched or you hear a whisper or something in the room. But yeah, so I joined this paranormal group and we decided to investigate this house, which is like on the paranormal, like historical registry of like Connecticut paranormal places of which, like I said, there are a lot. So I joined this group and, you know, they, they were like, we're going to explore this really paranormal house, but like, it's really, we, we have to be careful because like the past and current owners of the property had experienced these disturbances that ranged from like, you know, pictures falling off shelves to like pounding on the walls to like unseen things, pinching them and burning the back of their like arms and like crazy, crazy things. So I was super excited to, you know, get into it, like get into that investigation, experience these things. Like, I'm like, come on, pinch me, come at me. So I drove up to this house, really, really creepy, really, really scary. And, you know, we invest, we investigated. So we all had our like devices, our, you know, our, our recorders our like, you know, um, these things called like spirit boxes. They have these like lights on them, Sabina, where you, where you can, you know, put, put out the, uh, like this device and like the lights go from green to red. And that's like, if a spirit's in the room, right. You can, the, the thing will fly up to red. I wanted like the most sinister thing to come through. They tell you never to do this to like, they say never provoke a spirit because, you know, a spirit, if it's provoked enough could follow you home. 
Like it's a thing that has happened. It could follow you home. So we provoked things a little bit. The end of the investigation, you're supposed to say like, do not follow me home. You're not allowed to follow me home. You have to like talk to the spirits. Mm -hmm. So we're doing the investigation and um, we pick up, you know, there's nothing really crazy happens. There's some tapping and stuff like that, but nothing too insane. Because when you go into a space, it's not always like the things that happen there. It's always the things you catch and listen back to when you're when you leave or the things that happen after you leave. And like there was a story about this guy who died in a chair like in the corner and he like was the the evil guy and he was like, you know, this hurtful energy and and so on and so forth. So we did the investigation. I had to get out of there because I was running late and it was late at night and uh I forgot to say like the don't follow me home thing. Uh, so long and short of it is I got back to my home and, uh, it was about like 2 AM by the time I got back. Cause this place was like a few hours away. I literally was asleep, you know, awake in my bed. And I like heard this crashing downstairs, a literal crashing. So I threw my covers off. I, you know, scurried outside and I, the way my house is set up, there's an entryway and it overlooks the, this like downstairs area. So it's kind of very open spacing. And what happened was a mirror had literally fallen off the wall and crashed and shattered on the ground. And I was absolutely, I mean, imagine 2am in the morning, you wake up and you wake up to this mirror just crashed and just shattered on the ground. I checked it out. I cleaned up the mess. And I'm like, well, maybe the mirror just fell. Why would a mirror fall though? You know what I mean? It's like one of those strange things or my, you know, my mind playing tricks on me kind of things late at night. But what happened was I went back to bed after I cleaned it up and I literally like started smelling this like sour kind of moldy odor, like in the space. And as you know, Sabina, like if you, st- like paranormal entities are, are can kind con- of con- come through as like, you know, smells or strange odors. So I start smelling this strange thing. And all of a sudden, at the foot of the bed, a shadow, a figure of a shadow darts past my bed. And I am like, literally parent, like paralyzed in my bed, the covers fly over my head. And I'm like, a pretty, I mean, like a grown man, I'm in my late 20s, like, it takes it takes a lot to, to scare me. And, and seeing a shadow scared the hell out of me. So what, what had happened was this thing had followed me home. I didn't say the, the ending ritual. I didn't say like the closing, don't follow me home. And the thing, whatever the evil thing was there, had followed me into my space. I literally woke up the next morning. I had a scratch on my arm. This, I mean, it was absolutely terrifying. And and um, I think it has to do with like provoking the spirits. And, you know, in the weeks to follow, the activity was there. I had, you know, tapping. I had, you know, banging things that I, I couldn't explain, seeing out of the corner of my eye. And it eventually kind of like, uh, you know, subsided over the weeks, but like still until this day, I still sometimes hear like a whistling or like a, or like a breathing and it's still there, you know? So it's a lesson to everyone to, you know, if you're going to go into these situations and explore the unknown, you know, it's of my opinion that, um, you know, if you go looking for it, be sure you're prepared for what you may discover or, or what may come into your life that you didn't really want there in the first place. 
So that's my paranormal scary story. Hopefully well, I'm never visiting wow. your house ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's scary, broke right? The big rule. Yeah. I <laughs> broke the, the, I, I, yeah. It's like, it's like the, what's the rules? Like Stu's rules in horror movies. Like never say yeah. I'll be right back. Like rule of paranormal investigation. Don't break any rules. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> so yeah. Always so that's my close the circle. Yeah. Close the circle. So I will never make that mistake, but honestly, I have never done paranormal investigating after that because, you know, on the, in the same respect, uh, from the EVPs from that day that we captured, there was seriously something evil there because there was something like mocking, mocking, uh, us on the tape, which I think, you know, just because uh, we're going to do some editing to this episode, what I'll do is here, right here in the episode, I will put two clips right now of the spirit voices that were captured at this location. So you can hear that evil demonic voice mocking sounds like, sounded like from that location, and it will scare the crap out of you. So look forward to that. Mark went somewhere. We're going to move on. Uh, Sabina, I want to move on to you. Actually, your, your story really like reminded me of. Oh, good, good. Fog from like this past year, y'all. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> what do I say? Perfect segue. Um, yes. So, yeah, I've had a lot of like paranormal sort of experiences growing up, I guess. It kind of comes with the territory of growing up in a Latinx household, a lot of like superstitions and, um, I was always that kid who was like, I will talk to these spirits, like kind of like how you're supposed to be like, oh, don't follow, follow me home and stuff. I would be like, I don't want to see this or anything while I'm awake. If you want to communicate anything to me, please just do it while I'm sleeping. So I have like the option to be like, that was just a nightmare or a dream. So it's just like an overly cautious kid in that regard. I would often have spells of sleep paralysis growing up. Um, and for the most part, I kind of just, you know, would ignore it or go into certain periods of like phases of like believing in it or whatever. Um, but once when it was really striking, I think was when it kind of resurged in my adult years, um, my now husband, Jonathan and I had been dating for a few months and, um, I moved into his apartment in Burbank. And every night that I spent in that room, um, I had nightmares, like just every single night, just weird outlandish nightmares and randomly some sleep paralysis. And, you know, it, it got to the point where, you know, it just was very uncomfortable and these nightmares would kind of turn into uh, loops of thinking that, you know, I was going through the motions of waking up in the morning or in the middle of the night, but actually was just part of my dream. And I was actually kind of trapped in my body. Perfectly normal things to try to like talk to your- <laughs> Yeah, totally normal, just a little. And be like, oh, by the way, I'm having like issues sleeping here. And nothing against you. Um, just a little sleep paralysis. Yeah, no, sleep paralysis, no big thing, no biggie. Just, you know, no biggie. And yeah, it just went on for a while. And I, I've always like struggled with like insomnia and stuff like that too. But when it got real wild was one night I woke up during my sleep paralysis and I couldn't move. And there, there was a figure in the room with my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, now husband. And like, 
we like he was like sound asleep and I knew there was a presence next to us and I just I couldn't move I couldn't wake him um I could just move my eyes and that's when I realized that his body was sort of shaking um and I couldn't like make it stop it was like he was just lying still he was like lying still next to me but shaking like it was a weird like glitch in the matrix sort of weird movement I would say and perched on his shoulders was this entity with oh my god really sharp teeth and like hollowed eyed hollowed out dark eyes what yeah and like it looked like they were wrapped in a lot of like bandages and but its jaws were like coming through the fabric and it was like just it looked like it was perched on him and absorbing his energy while like shaking his still body like that is what I legitimately saw while I was asleep and I I couldn't stop it because I couldn't warn him and I couldn't like so I was just like completely frozen and watching this happen and like just seared into my brain when I finally like went back to sleep and woke up the next morning and I like explained it to him and he was like that's crazy we kind of just like brushed it off with like oh just Sabina weird nightmare things you know because <laughs> I, I I consume a lot of horror and stuff so we kind of right. just like because he didn't feel it he was like I don't like I don't remember any of that uh, um, crazy old Sabina crazy old Sabina um, <laughs> at it again not, not crazy more, more just like wild ima- wildly imaginative Sabina <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um at the time uh my husband and I or, I keep calling him my husband because he's now my husband my <laughs> then boyfriend Jonathan <laughs> <laughs> uh he and I had uh met and wanted to collaborate creatively and, he, and he, we kind of just like you know uh rushed into dating instead so mm-hmm. we never we didn't get to like work on anything for a while and after that incident he and I were trying to think of like uh something to do as far as like a short film and he remembered something his mom told him growing up and uh it was right after his grandfather had passed away and he was just sharing you know memories of his grandfather and his mom and stuff and we were actually in texas and like his mom like you know they were just you know recounting different things and um one of the stories that uh he shared and she talked about with me when i was getting to know the parents was that when she was a young girl she had an imaginary friend uh named yehudi and that basically she would see them and like walk around with them and that when she would be on drives with her dad like if anything weird happened she would be like oh it was Yehudi you know like no big deal <laughs> and, that, and that's like the thing that's like the weird the weird entity or whatever or like yeah. the weird. oh my god so so like there there was that and then like um Jonathan and I were like oh we should we should make a short film about that and like I combined that with um a game I played with my dad growing up in the car, which was hold your breath when you go through tunnels and make a mm-hmm. wish, right? You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people do that. I used to do that through cemeteries, actually, the hold oh. your breath. So I they, did you hear, have you ever heard of that one where like, I, it was always hold your breath through the cemetery so the spirit doesn't follow you. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of like got really inspired by both of our like upbringing sort of like stories and trying to bring that into um, just our creative like projects. And so we 
wrote and shot a short film called Tahuti based on that. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to creating the monster, I based it off of the creature that was perched on my husband that night. Wow. Yeah. So we, we shot it, we put it out and we started sharing it. And my friend, Jimmy, uh, oh, he is a, a journalist over at like Joe Blow and he's good friends with some ghost hunters. I got to talking with him about like the back end of it and like the nightmares I'd been having. And he invited uh, over some of his ghost hunting friends to our apartment to kind of like figure out what's been going on. You know, they're like, it's weird that you can't sleep. Like, we'll try to like do something to like let, let it know to leave you alone, essentially. And so they came over and brought their crew and um, brought the EVP readers, everything. And basically the bedroom we were in was really hot when everyone was in there. Like it just the energy was really intense and really like claustrophobic. And they had their equipment on, um, like they were shooting it on like their phones and stuff. They had it on like Mophies and everything. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to talk to this entity and it wouldn't respond. As soon as I like left the room, apparently it got like chillingly cold in the room and I was brought back in and there was just like a spot of energy that was just cold. And, you know, the, the ghost hunters were in communication with it and basically saying, you have to leave this couple alone. Uh, one of the sensitive mediums was saying that it wasn't our apartment that had the entity that basically it was like the apartment below us to the right or something that something is there. And it was just like permeating into our space essentially. And then as she was explaining that all of the equipment shut off unexpectedly. So it just like sucked out all of the power in the room. Wow. <laughs> um, when that went down and it was terrifying and um, Jonathan and I ended up moving out of that space. And so we kind of like, you know, went on our way and we were just sharing, you know, the, the short film and everything, trying to like understand like sort of why, like, you know, like why this all kind of like came together. But one of like the random anecdotes that happened afterwards, uh, when I was sharing the video, like one of our friend Jimmy's friends as well, because he was like, you know, sharing like our, our video of the ghost hunting thing and like the short film. Uh, this woman like was commenting and she said that she had the exact same imaginary friend as my mother-in-law mm. <laughs> and had the same experience. Like, I guess it's a, it, it is common entity, like, you know, your, your graveyard entity where, you know, like it'll, it'll hop along on a ride with you and kind of be mischievous. So I don't, I don't know. Like it was, it was, it was a weird time, but also haunted and spooky and fun. Uh, what a great, that's a great story. What I love about that story is it's multifaceted. So you have the initial scary story, you have the scary story as an inspiration, and then you have like the scary story, like from the inspiration, it's just like totally cool. You you get hit from every direction. I loved it. That great was terrifying. Sabrina. That was very scary. And Sarah, like it's that. very scary. Mm-hmm. And very scary. None of us are going to sleep tonight, by the way. I, I feel like we're doing this, this recording this too late at night, it's too, <laughs> too close to the sun as the sun goes down. You know, I loved it. Great, there was a creak work. behind me, and I had to take my headphones off because I was like, creak, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? Ariel and I always scare each other. We're actually on different coasts, but we scare each other and say, I'm right behind you out the window. And, you know, she gets pretty <laughs> terrified. Um, Sabina, thank you for that. That was awesome. Okay, Ariel, you're up. You're third. All right. Is it super loud on my end? Uh, it is, but it just sounds like it's, you know, it's part of the story, right? Okay, it's like cool. part of the effects. Yeah. It's do you have like, uh, do you have like a V, yeah, or like a Vietnam, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, aircraft or something in the back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah World War II. Yeah, World War II horror story. Yes. 
yeah, it's a little loud over there, but uh, I feel like it's taming. It's taming down. Is it though? It, probably not. It sounds like someone's mowing a lawn. Yes, because someone is. <laughs> I thought so it was I'm airplane. Like... I have airplane like in the background for me because I'm right underneath an airport. So... No, we can't hear yeah. your airplane. I'm like hitting mute and unmute. Like, yes. It's okay. Guys mowing okay. the lawn. We'll, we'll, we'll incorporate it into the, the story. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work. Anyway, I was going to go with a paranormal story, and then Patrick went with one. Then I was going to go with a sleep paralysis story. I <laughs> know you were so not. That. Yeah, seriously. Really? So now I'm, but now I, I'm now I want to hear this. Do it. Because, <laughs> like, clearly we have all this shared experience, which is awesome. I'm going to pick something that's totally different. Hopefully Jess will not have the same story <laughs> well, <laughs> or relation. I just want to change it up a little bit. Please make it about a lawnmower. No, it what has it nothing to do with the lawnmower. Okay. So let's just added <clears throat> bonus okay, sound effects in the background. Awesome. The story I want to tell that I haven't told on here yet is about back when I was in college, I was one of the few people of our friend group who had a car. So naturally, I got to be the designated driver quite often, and I was okay with that. That was fine. I made sure everyone, like the mom, made sure everyone got back in one piece, remember their shoes, their purses, their phones, all the fun stuff, their IDs. And one night, we decided to go get Taco Bell. Nothing. I'm already terrified. I, I, Taco Bell scares the <laughs> crap out of me. <laughs> Literally. Uh, go on. Nothing out of the usual. Everyone got their drunk munchies. I got a crunch wrap because that's literally the best thing on the menu. Mm. Delicious. Yeah. We yep, we drive back, get to our dorm, everyone's like drunkenly eating. I'm sitting there enjoying my crunch wrap supreme. It's heaven. Two bites in, I swallow. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's weird. I go to take another bite and pull my head back a little bit, and something is in my throat. I pull the crunch wrap away. No. No. And it is hair. No. I put it down. It's still down my throat. And literally, I have, like, you know, when the clowns do that thing with a handkerchief and they oh keep pulling God. the thing out of their sleeve? I'm pulling this, like, no. three foot long black oh. hair, like a thick wad of it, like it had been pulled out of someone's oh, head. Oh, God. Out of my throat. Oh. So, pair that with a bunch of drunk people shoving food in their face. So everyone's gagging and screaming at the top of their lungs oh, <laughs> as I'm trying not to cry and pulling this hair out of my freaking throat like i'm like i don't oh I don't my god know. like i'm a did you, did it, was like, clown was there like a fingers like that came out after that it, out of your mouth and just like no. like the ring could you imagine oh my that's god that's the first thing i thought too i'm like oh my god what else and is so, down there yep and so once i had it out i like held it up and it was literally like three feet long and it's like ah, who's are, are they making people into tacos <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's, That's the story. That is scary as all shit. Like, like honestly, no Awful. one, no one's ever going to Taco Bell ever again. After you're that. welcome. No, I, may, I would switch out the meat uh, on the Crunchwrap Supreme because oh I, I love the shreddy chicken, but it's like good. now I don't trust it. Now I don't trust oh it. Oh my god! Yep. Mm -hmm. It might be people. I'm just saying. Yeah. And uh, then at the end, that's that's the story. I died. That's, I'm a ghost a, now. <laughs> that's a whole different kind of scary story, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I was terrified. That would that that was the scariest one yet for me. Yep. Now I open them and check because oh I don't know what I'm gonna get. Is it gonna be a finger? <laughs> Is it gonna be like 
a fingernail? Is it going to be more hair? I don't like Where's it, Regina? Ariel. I'm sure she'd love this one. Oh, God, don't Regina. Like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on because I'm now terrified because that was really terrifying. Okay. Jessica, Jessica Kane, uh, best for last. What do we got? Oh, gosh. No, mine's definitely the worst. So I kept, I was going to read a short story, but then I was inspired listening to everyone. I mean, Sabina, I also have sleep paralysis. I've talked to Ariel about her sleep paralysis. Only I tend to see naked people when I wake up to the point where I, like, when I was little, I didn't know what, like, sleep paralysis was. And I think I I didn't really know what sleep paralysis was probably until a few years ago, because it happened to me once in college, and I, like, woke up, and I couldn't move, and I saw my roommate walking around the room naked, and I was like, okay, that's weird, because she's, like, the most, like, she, that is something she would absolutely never do. She's very, like, composed, very, like, modest. So I wound up, like, I just remember sitting there being, like, trying to wake up and tell her that, like, dude, I'm, I'm watching you strut around the room naked right now and uh, not being able to do that. And, and then asking her about it later. And she was like, that never happened. That just was not something that happened. So, uh, but anyways, that's just to say that I, yeah, sleep paralysis sucks. Um, Especially when people are naked. I know yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it happened once where I thought I saw my friend's dad walking around, but only naked from the bottom down. This is like when I was very little and we were having a sleepover. Um, again, didn't happen, but I told my friend about it and then they had to ask her dad and he was like, no, I would not do that during my child's sleepover. Um, oh my God. <laughs> but uh, I guess my scary story is yeah, def- definitely a little bit tonally different because I haven't really had any paranormal experiences as much as I think it would be fun to have one. Uh, not really, it would be terrifying. Um, would be more uh, when, I was, when I was in the fifth grade, um, we were having a concert at school and it was like everyone had to go and get their chairs and bring it into the gym and make sure you were all, you were all set up with your, with your instruments. So I went into this closet uh, that was in the gym to get my chair and the door shut behind me. And um, I real so like I went in, got my, got my chair and then I went to walk out and realized, oh, the door is locked. And like, I was downstairs in the gym, like it's very loud down there. People are starting to like gather, like parents are starting to gather, kids like are testing their instruments and everything. So I started to knock on the door and no one could hear me because the fact that like it was so loud down there and I was starting to have like a little panic attack because it was dark I couldn't like there were no lights in there um or like not that I could find uh I was very worried like there was a stairwell that also went down into it so I was very I think scream had just come out and I was very terrified that the that like ghost face was gonna jump out and kill me so I wound up uh I eventually I just started like I had to start screaming and slamming on the door because I was terrified the concert was gonna start and literally I was gonna be locked in there the whole time finally someone opened the door and let me out and I didn't even say anything it was just a parent opened the door I so clearly remember their face stared at me and I didn't even say thank you I just like ran out because I was crying because I was I thought I was going to be uh, like stuck in a closet the whole night. Oh my so, God. So um, it's definitely a different type. It's not like super scary, but I think the idea of being like locked in somewhere that, that creeps me out. That's something I find scary. Like, especially if you're like claustrophobic. Uh, um, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, like, 
that's terrifying. I mean, being stuck in anywhere, I get I get terrified being stuck in an elevator, and I know there's a button you can call where, you know, people can come. But like being stuck in somewhere you can't like truly get out of is terrifying. Yeah, fact, so that's upstairs. Forget about it. Ugh. What'd you say, uh, Ariel? And the fact there were stairs, forget about it. Oh, forget about it. For, absolutely forget about it. Yeah. So that's my Ooh. tiny child uh, scary story. I think that makes it scarier because you were little and that was happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, these were really good. Like, I these, these far uh, exceeded my expectations of, because we kind of went into this cold a little bit to see what, what happened. But that it's just... That's the moral of the story, right? Like, I think everyone within them, you know, if you were to walk up to someone, you know, uh, give them a couple minutes and you're like, tell me a scary story. Everyone I know um, that I would approach ha has to have a scary story, you know, and, and these ones were diverse, right? We had paranormal, we had um, aerials, which was like a true life scare, just scary. Um, and, and Jessica's as well, but like, I think everybody, uh, deep down has something scary, a scary story to tell. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Incredible. Being alive. Yeah. And it's, and it's also a good message to, you know, writers and listeners and aspiring screenwriters is that like, it doesn't take a, a whole lot. I, I mean, you know, you, you develop and hone your skill and, you know, format things great and make things readable and, you know, uh, write superfluously and, and um, you know, and nail that. But like, if you have a scary story and you know how to tell one, uh, just tell it and like get it down in words and then go from there. Um, it, it ain't rocket science. Get it done. Bad on, Patrick. Get it, Bad on. Get it yeah. done. I mean, what do you think, Sabina? <laughs> like, what's your, what's your like advice? I mean, along these lines of like serious stories, do you concur? Like, what are your, what's some of your advice, uh, you know, stemming from that, stemming from like, uh, telling scary stories as, as the, like being at the heart of a screenplay? You know, I, Personally, I'm not, I'm not the best at like improv necessarily. And I think it's always easier to like get in the zone of telling a, a scary story, you know, when you're recounting something that, that's like happened to you and getting into the headspace of that moment. And I think that also applies to the characters that you create and stuff. Um, for for me, finding inspiration can can come from not just real life things, but um, also just other stories that inspire me and you know kind of finding ways to to tell that I mean I think about like the thing I saw like perched on my husband in the middle of the night and was like that would be a perfect monster for for a short and uh now you know I hope it's at peace because it it, it lives on a, a tiny little screen on YouTube to scare other people but yeah no like I I you know just as far as telling stories, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of collaboration and you know, just even what we did just now is all kind of brought to the table our like shared experiences of the paranormal. And, you know, I definitely, when, when Ariel and uh, Jessica were saying they had sleep paralysis, I was like, we should start a sleep paralysis club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Or a sleep paralysis oh, podcast. I mean, yeah. that, uh, I, not a bad idea. That's actually would be, I would listen to that. I like would listen to, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Midnight Club for sure. I mean, I love that. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think you need to like be great at like impromptu 
delivery, I think, you know, it's not about like perfection. It's just if you can tell it and get it out and, you know, it, it has a start, you know, beginning, middle and end. For sure. I, I really do think like you're, you, that's like half the battle, more than half the battle. Use it as inspiration. And we had a guest on the show, uh, Josh Rubin, who um, wrote and directed and, you know, was jack of all trades on a movie that came out. Uh, was it this year, Ariel, or last year? I think it was last year last year year, called scare me and um i recommend uh blue the blu-ray just came out do we you know i recommend like check out scare me um ariel don't we have like didn't we have didn't you like pick up a script or something for for everyone for scare me yes so i think this would be our perfect opportunity to like do a little giveaway as our like last hurrah because our themes around scary stories um you know head over to our twitter we'll we'll do a little announcement this week and you can you can win yourself a copy of scare me the script for it screenplay for it but it's a fantastic film it's captivating and engaging and funny and scary and fun all at the same time and um it's just based around a few people telling scary stories or you know in a cabin and uh it's you know, it's wonderful. But yeah, so Sabina, first, I just want to like, thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us and telling us a little bit about yourself and coming on the show. You know, we'd love to have you back in our next season to uh, speak a little bit a bit about what you're up to and everything. But tell us uh, a little bit more about what you're doing after this podcast and what your world's looking like and, you know, for writing and directing and, and everything you're up to. Um, and also where people can find you and reach out to you if they want to say hi. For sure. And uh, thank you for having me on. This was such a blast and I can't wait to join for next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, currently I'm, I'm looking for work, you know, we're all <laughs> leaving this pandemonium trying to find, you know, the next steps and, and kind of catching up where to where we would want to be, you know, and um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things right now, definitely going out for like uh, other shows at the moment, but also writing my feature and uh I'm writing a lot about the theme parks right now that are reopening up. And uh, this is connected to scary because um, Jurassic Park and World are, I think, are some of the scariest movies. (laughs) I mean, mostly because actually Jurassic Park was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. And it like that, like, you know, I saw something on Twitter going around like, oh, like post pictures of like the the gateway horror that you, you had growing up. And that for me was, you know, like like Carl in Up when he's at the movie theater just watching the screen completely uh, entranced. That was me watching dinosaurs um, and being scared of them and excited and stuff. So that's sort of what I'm up to, like writing about the theme parks and Halloween Horror Nights. Hopefully there'll be more news coming up about in what capacity we'll be able to experience the spooky stuff for Halloween this year. So that's what I've got uh, lined up and you can find anything I'm up to on Twitter at Sabina has no R and on Instagram at that lady graves. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, thank you again for coming on Sabina and uh, Jess, thank you for coming on. Jess, you can, you were, uh, you were asked kind of last minute to come on and share a scary story, which you nailed. Uh, so why don't you tell people how you, we can find you again so they don't have to dig up, you know, go to the end of our last episode to hear it. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh man. I love, I love talking to you guys. Uh, I am on Twitter at, uh, Jess Kane three, one, uh, and that's, 
that's uh pretty much where you can find me that's where i'm the most <laughs> that's where i'm the most active so yeah that's, yeah and if you're a ghostbusters fan definitely hit you up right because like you could probably talk about ghostbusters for hours oh i could and i do yeah so, and afterlife yes. is coming out right so it's being oh, pushed God. but like did you see the trailer for like uh <laughs> paul, paul rudd with a little teaser oh man oh, so cute goodness. little little stay puff minis or whatever they call little little munchkin minis yes oh my god it's it's been quite a journey i mean when people say like oh i waited a year for this movie to come out i'm like you waited a year like i get defensive i get because i'm like i waited waited, my whole life (laughs) i've waited 25 years i mean i'm i'm 30 so i'm giving myself a five-year age gap there because i've literally been obsessed with ghostbusters since i was five years old um so i'm like i've been waiting 25 years and then they pushed it back two years. So don't great. tell me that you're <laughs> so great. So I'm a little angry inside. So I'm fine. Uh, yeah. But yes, that's what I'm, that's what all my energy is focused on is Jason Reitman's little teases. Ernie Hudson just saw the movie. Uh, so. so it's completely well, talked about it like last week too. I think at like a film festival where he was honored and he, he said that like it was really it was a very hard shoot uh, for him and I think some of the returning cast members uh, hmm. just because they got to do a lot more and I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm you so, uh, I'm just so excited. I'm like, yeah, I everything about it. They're going to gear up. That's like, I'm just like, they have to be gearing up this. Yes, let's do this. I, I hope so. I mean, Bill Murray is like pretty famous for having hated the packs on the first two movies, mm. but like he's, he seems to have come around on... Uh, sorry, this is like my nerd dumb being like, I've literally like I've, he he was so against making a third movie for so long. And then after Harold Remus passed away, it seemed he seems to have kind of had a bit of a change of heart. So um, I don't know. I don't know if they'll put on the, I, I have a theory about the poster. I think they are going to wear the packs. I'm not going to go into it because like I said, I could just go on and on. But I, I have a theory, but I'm going to keep it to myself. So mm. So what's it what's the date days. what's the date it's coming out november 11th november 11th and you didn't even have to think about it i want oh, no yeah. it was like dude, boom 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 it kept getting pushed it was like july now to oh, november I know. someone yeah, invite yeah. someone invite jess kane to uh the premiere of for the love of god please, she'll please. she'll wear her mask she'll get vaccinated four times whatever she needs she's got all the boosters she's she's ready to go I'm do you think so they're ready. gonna do do you think they're gonna do an in-person premiere for this i mean that's probably why they're pushing it because they really want to like do it i hope so yeah jason Ryman has been very has been like pretty vocal about wanting this to be an in-person experience so i yeah. i definitely think they uh they will i yeah. i'm and and now that it's november uh that's supposed to come out in november i the and that the fact that they're really uh, november seems to be the official release date because i mm-hmm. now that they're like slowly teasing parsing out these like the mini puffs and uh and like the cereal general mills just released the cereal so this seems to be like they're really ramping up for it so yeah, yeah i think it's going to be in person i'm crossing my fingers yeah for sure i i can't see it being like ghostbusters afterlife premiering on hbo max no right no oh, God, it just, that doesn't so sound like i sure godzilla fine I'm whatever i'm so mad about this whole day and date release thing it, yeah. it's a headache yeah. because yeah. like i um i thankfully i'm uh thankful for healthcare workers and scientists i was able to get vaccined fully and i Great. went and saw uh godzilla versus kong at the imax theater over here in la uh at city walk which they actually temperature check for you to even get on that property which is 
awesome. Yeah, it's a good theater too. A great theater. Yes. I remember. I remember seeing uh, a lot of things at that theater. It's awesome. They have a. They have the IMAX there. Like they have. Said. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. That movie needed to be seen on IMAX. I refused yeah. to see it yeah. on my little TV. I made the mistake <laughs> made- of watching Wonder Woman 1984 on my small TV, and I was oh. mad the whole oh. time. The only bummer was that, like on Twitter, everyone was like sharing photos or like screen grabs or moments from Godzilla versus Kong, and I was like, I my showtime is in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well it made up for all of the plot holes seeing it on the imax it, del- it erases yeah. all that other stuff so. the only way to watch that <laughs> <laughs> the literal only way yeah ah uh, that's awesome well thank you both again for coming on uh sharing your stories with us uh speaking with us we'll regroup with you guys next year again we'll we'll talk some more and um yeah uh, have a great like uh, hiatus with us from screenwriters because uh, I know you're both fans as well as um, as guests. So we will speak on, in the in between, and we'll talk to you guys next uh, next season. Sounds great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thanks, you. thank you for joining us. But yes. Thank you for joining us. We have reached the end of the beginning, uh, and when I say that, I mean this first season is just the start. Uh, we have a season two coming that will knock your socks off. It is going to be absolutely spectacular. Ariel and I have already been brainstorming the guests that we want to have on. And like everything else we do, our goal is to blow this season out of the water. It's a high uh, you know, benchmark to set. We, we have set the bar so high in the first season, but we are going to come back and better than ever. I do feel, Ariel, that that we will probably do like some special episodes in between, like a little, you know, something from a festival or something fun in between um, as like a like an in-between, like 1.5, season 1.5 kind of thing. And we're certainly going to be active on social media. I, I think we'll still have our, you know, I, I'm kind of having fun with the Scream, scream Read um uh, Sundays, yes. like, you know, and we've had some really fun scripts come our way. Uh, for those we're doing the giveaway of scare me, which we will announce on our social nets this week. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how you can uh, get yourself a copy of uh, Scare Me, Josh Rubin, who was one of our uh, season one guests, as we mentioned. Uh, screenplay, Ariel was cool enough to pick up one of those once he did the special. Is it signed or is it just a screenplay? It's just a screenplay. Just a screenplay. But um, you never know. I mean, like we can talk to Josh. Maybe he'll work a little magic and maybe he'll sign something. Who knows? We can, we can work that out. Uh, but we're definitely going to do a giveaway of the screenplay. It's going to be fantastic. And you can also head over to our uh, our support system for our artwork, our amazing sponsor, the entire first season, 1428 Street, over at 1428 ST on Facebook. Head over to their store. They do amazing, amazing horror art. They will be giving 15% off your order at checkout from using code SCREAMWRITER, 15%. That is a huge uh, discount on an amazing piece of artwork. And it's time. Ariel, it's time. We can't drag this on anymore. It's time to say goodbye. Uh, So we want to thank all of our first season listeners, all of our listeners to come, uh, those of you who will discover us in the in-between of season one and two. Uh, We appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. Um, We are so happy to have brought you these guests and and this, this great advice and this great information. And we hope it's helped you. You know, Ariel, I think that's was our goal going into this. Like, we mm-hmm. hope 
that it like helps you along your screenwriting journey to just, if at anything, feel more confident. Oh yeah. Right? And no, yeah. not to parachute into producers' backyards. Oh, please don't do that. Please don't do that. It's that's, that's like, if there's, if you've learned one thing, it's not to parachute into backyards, but uh, yeah. So Ariel, in the meantime, where can everyone find us on the social networks? You can subscribe to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at ScreamWritersPC or on Instagram at ScreamWritersPodcast. Or if you have any questions or want to be on the show, visit ScreamWritersPodcast.com and fill out our contact form. Please, 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 if you do one thing, keep writing. And stay scared. <laughs>